This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is a super dope online learning community filled with thousands of creative video classes taught by experts and professionals. Even though we can see the light at the end of this lockdown tunnel, we still have a few weeks to go. So why not download a free trial and learn something new in the meantime? Yes, and then maybe it's time that you signed up for a dance course so we can all go clubbing with our friends after this lockdown's over. And you won't avoid going on the dance floor like you usually do. Hold up. Maybe, (laughs) Rami, you need to do a course on how to be a good friend or learn some manners maybe. Anyway, check out our show notes to sign up for a free trial today. Hey everyone, welcome to our second mini episode, an interview with singer and contestant from The Voice, Janaki Iswa. At only 12 years of age, Janaki wowed everyone with her audition and made it to the top five in Team Jess. Despite how young she is, she's proudly showcased her Indian heritage on stage and beautifully weaves her Eastern and Western identities together, which is exactly what we aim to do on our podcast. Let us know your thoughts after listening via our Instagram. And if you're new to us, we release full episodes every fortnight and mini episodes like this one when we can. Also, we had some audio issues recording this one. Just another one of the perks of podcasting in lockdown. So our sincere apologies for that. Make sure you go and get vaxxed as soon as you can so we can get (laughs) back to our usual crisp audio quality. Exactly. Now on to the interview. Janaki, thank you so much for coming on today. I actually saw your audition on TV as it was airing because my dad was watching The Voice and he was like, Romy, come quick. There's a girl who's South Asian background who's about to sing and then you absolutely smashed it oh, and you were so you. confident. I, was, I literally had tears in my eyes. I was telling Sandin the other day and so did everyone in the audience. So it's awesome to, to be on a call with you and speaking with you. Thank you. Yeah, I... Um gonna sound a little bit dorky right now but back when I was in uni one of the things I used to do when I was procrastinating studying is I'd put on blind auditions from The Voice and what I do is I'll turn my chair like this and then if I liked what I hear I'd like swoop all over (laughs) Um, so Romy messaged me being like hey you need to listen to this so I clicked the link I didn't look at what the headline said I just saw it was The Voice blind edition so I did the same thing and when I turned around I was so amazed to see someone so young, have such control of a voice and such a warm voice as well. Thank so you. it was absolutely amazing to see. Um, I could imagine it's been a bit of a crazy period for you with, you know, being on the show, your performance is going viral, all the press you've done and the support you've gotten from the community. Um, what have the last few weeks been like for you? It's It's been crazy, honestly. I never expected any of this to happen. I mean, I've always wanted to go on The Voice and I've just watched it ever since I was really, really young. And I just, I always thought it was such a fun idea and it's so unique and I really wanted to go on the show, but I really didn't think I would go like at this age. So, you know, when I did go on it and I was getting this much support from the Indian community and Australia as a whole, I was just so overwhelmed and so grateful for everyone that's supporting me and I've got so many more like followers and people who listen to my music. So yeah, it's just been really great these past few weeks. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, beautiful. Has the experience of it all, has it solidified your love for music and wanting to really pursue it as a career? Has it just confirmed all of that for you even more than before? Yeah, honestly, it has. But like, like since I was, ever since I was eight years old, music is like what I wanted to do. And I like spent a lot of time on it. And it's just been what I was working towards. And yeah, like this experience just helped it so much. And I'm so glad that I get to experience these new things at such a young age because that means yeah. you know, I have more time to like work on myself 
and my music and like I can just take it slowly and I don't have to rush or anything so it's great that I get to experience all these things and I'm so happy to just have like all these cool opportunities yeah yeah I can imagine it'd be so fascinating to be a part of this world that you were kind of on the outside of um, up until being on yeah. The Voice and now you're gonna get to deep dive into it that'd be really cool I don't know if you know this or not but there's a really famous Indian singer called S. Janaki do you know if you were named after her or if it was just kind of a coincidence that you both have the same name and you're both incredible singers? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't actually named after her. Um, I was wondering that though, because like my parents really love music and obviously, um, yeah, they really love music and they really love Johnny. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a coincidence. I don't know if they had any like connection, but they never really told me that they were just like, oh, we really, really like the name Janice, so we gave that to you. But yeah, I don't think there was a connection. Just a cool coincidence. Yeah. It's like they saw the future in you. You'd be the amazing <laughs> yeah. singer, so they named you after a legendary singer. Um, when it comes to your music, are you trained in both Western and Eastern singing? Like, is that something you'd done from the age of eight? And when did you first start performing on stage? So um, I actually trained in Gavnatic music when I was in prep. So I'd say like five to six years old, that's when I started Gavnatic. But I didn't really like music. I kind of just went because, you know, my parents sent me and they really enjoyed it. So I was just like doing it and I was kind of bored of it and I didn't really like it. But when I was eight years old and I started Western, I like really started to grow a liking towards music. So that made me really, really interested in Gavnatic music. And I just found it so much more fun. Um, but yeah, like, I'm still doing Western and Karnatic. Um, I'm learning my Western music from Jans and David Jans. He's a great coach and he's the one who recommended that I go on The Voice, like, this young. Um, and yeah, my, um, Karnatic teacher is Shoba Shaker. She's so, so cool. And both of my music teachers, they're, like, so incredible and they've helped me so, so much with my journey. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Who would you say inspires you in terms of both your Western music and your Eastern music? Um, I have so many inspirations. I mean, I have like celebrity inspirations and then obviously like people I know in person. So, um, I'd say my parents, they're a huge inspiration. They're the ones that keep me going, obviously. Um, and like I said, my music teachers, um, I think some of my music inspirations, I'd say Tori Kelly. She's like a great inspiration. I mean, you know, she got rejected on American Idol and like, you know, she's so big and she's so so incredible like I love her music so much and yeah just a couple artists like that I just look up to them and I love listening to the music so yeah there's a live rehearsal Tori Kelly does for Confetti yeah. which I absolutely love it's so good <laughs> yeah uh, another thing that we really love seeing in your performances uh, you spoke a little bit about how you love both western and Carnatic music how you're able to kind of fuse them together so some of like the runs and the licks especially in Dust Till Dawn I really loved and I think the judges really called that out as well which was super cool um when it comes to performing both western and Carnatic music do you feel like it's a completely different experience or do you feel like you know singing's just singing and you have the same passion and same feeling when you perform both styles yeah I feel like it's you know singing's just singing and I do personally have a bit more interest towards western music um and when it comes to Karnatic I just feel like personally for me it's like a lot harder so when I perform on stage I do get a lot more nervous um because there's so much to remember and like 
the lyrics and the thalam. For me personally, thalam is definitely the like hardest part. Cause like, I don't know, I just find it so hard to coordinate and focus on two things at once. But yeah, I don't, I'm not sure why it is because I'm fine with singing and playing an instrument, but I just find it a lot harder, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because when Guy Sebastian kind of put you on the spot and asked you to sing an Indian song, you kind of went, oh my gosh, but then you just ran with it and you proudly sang a Carnatic piece and you, like I said at the beginning, literally brought everyone to tears. And this is probably the first time I'd ever seen someone sing a Carnatic piece on like Australian primetime television, like if I'm not wrong. What was going through your mind when Guy asked you to do that? I was like, like I was really taken aback because I didn't expect it. And honestly, I... I was like really confused. Like at that moment, I was like, "Oh, what should I sing?" And like, will I mess it up? But the song that I was learning in Karnataka class at that time was Mafe. So you know, I was like, "Might as well just sing that." Um, and I did actually sing in order, but they like cut <laughs> a bit of it, so it was kind of just like a quick jump into like one bit. And I was like, "Oh, okay." I hope people don't get all like worked up about it. But um, yeah, I mean, at that moment. I was I was also really grateful though because like I could show my culture and my heritage and what I've been learning and yeah I was scared but also really like happy that I got to show that. Yeah, I mean it definitely didn't come across like you know you were a little bit hesitant to sing that song. It really came across like you were really confident mm. and you killed it. And it was to Romy's point, we were so proud seeing someone who looks like us on stage singing songs from our heritage Um, so it was super cool to see on a platform like The Voice you being able to showcase yourself in that way. Um, Speaking of your audition I think Rita hit the buzzer first when that happened did you get like a sigh of relief when you were singing or were you just kind of like locked in that you kind of didn't pay attention to what was going around? Well honestly um, so I'm not I'm pretty sure I can say this I'm sure it's fine because it's quite obvious we don't hear the like the you know that like bang when they really yeah it's like because otherwise that'd be like really shocking when you sing because it's quite loud so when we're singing we don't hear anything and like I was kind of in the moment so I didn't exactly realize that Rita turned but then like when I like I think I opened my eyes and I saw and I was like oh okay and it was a sigh of relief because I didn't expect it at all like I went on that stage I was like you know I'm just gonna give it my best and like just have fun whatever but I didn't think a chair would actually turn so when um, Rita turned, I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of like, cool, cool. And then like the rest of the chairs turned, I was like, oh, okay. And I was like really surprised, but I was so, so happy at that moment. And my parents were obviously very emotional. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the judges up there are like so famous. It's crazy because, you know, those would have been some of the artists that you would have been listening to growing up as well. Like I know it's the same for Sendin and I. Was it ever at any point, like, were you super nervous about the fact that you were performing in front of people who were that famous or that accomplished from a music scene? Or were you more nervous about, like, being on TV or the fact that there was a live audience there? Because, again, like, you didn't show any of that on your face, but was it running through your mind? I was so, so nervous. I I just think I'm quite good at hiding it. I was on that stage and I didn't even know what was happening. I was kind of just standing there singing, hoping for the best. Like, I, like nothing was honestly going through my mind. It was just blank. And all the lights, they were so bright and they were like shining in my eyes. Um, and yeah, I was really nervous about the coaches because they're so, you know, so famous and I've looked up to them for a long time. 
But I think the thing that I was most nervous about is if I did get a chair turn, they would air my audition and a whole bunch of people would see it. So I honestly was kind of hoping, like, I hope they don't turn a chair because I don't want to be shown on such a big platform. And I mean, but obviously I like realized how great it was that they did turn a chair. And like, I am like very self-conscious. So I thought a lot of people were going to be like, oh, she's too young to go on this show, like a whole bunch of stuff like that. But, you know, everyone was so, so sweet and everyone supported me so much. So, yeah, I'm so, so grateful that I got that opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. And I guess speaking of the judges, um, you are obviously in Team Jess. What was the best piece of advice that you got from Jess Malboy? I think it would be to just have fun because she made me, like, she made me feel, like, really calm about it because she obviously treated me like the kid I was. So she's like, you know, um, you have so much time. So just, like, have fun with it. Like, don't worry too much about it. And that honestly did help a lot. And she gave me a lot of advice when I was sitting in Dusk Till Dawn. And I think I was just focusing too much on some of the, like, technicalities that, like, I had other issues, like, of the song. So she kind of just said, be involved in it and, like, yeah, just have fun. I think that's the best advice. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And I feel like sometimes people aren't open to take that kind of criticism. So it's really great to hear about how you were, you went in with Jess, knowing how much she's achieved in her career, being open minded enough to you know take what she had to say on board as yeah. well, which is super cool. Um, we also wanted to talk to you about your parents because it was so heartwarming to see their reaction throughout your blind audition yeah. and them getting emotional as you were singing um, Karnatic music as well. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the influence they've had in, you know, starting your passion for music and you being able to pursue this as potentially a career? Yeah, I mean, they were, they're the reason that I actually enjoy music so much because like, when I would come back from school, honestly, I never really listened to Western music when I was, like, before year four because, like, I don't know, I just mainly listened to Indian songs around the house. So when I went to school, like, my friends would show me a couple songs and I'd be like, oh, this is cute. And then I'd go home and then, like, sing it to my parents and then they'd be like, oh, wait, you know, she can kind of sing. So we should sing her to Western. Like, before that, I did do Karnatic, but I honestly wasn't that great at all. So um when I went to Western, they were like, oh, wait, she can kind of, like, sing. So they sent me and I was like so happy that they sent me to singing classes because I just always thought of it as such a fun thing to do. So yeah, they've had such a great impact. And they always, my mum especially, she criticises my singing a lot, but in like the best way possible because then I can improve a lot. And she always like, she's very nitpicky, but like it helps so much. And yeah, both of them, they give me great feedback and they always support me. And yeah, if I'm ever like upset about a performance, they always like calm me down. So yeah, they're great. Yeah, it's awesome because, I mean, not all, especially South Asian parents, are very open to their children pursuing creative careers. So when your music teacher said, like, hey, maybe you should go on The Voice, were your parents still like, yeah, let's do it? Or were they a bit hesitant to put you kind of out there in the public eye? Well, so they always wanted me out in the public eye, but they were very, they were quite hesitant about this. Honestly, they were like, oh, isn't she too young? Like, she shouldn't be going, like, at this age. They did want me to go on platforms like this. That's what they always wanted for me. But I think they just didn't expect it to happen this quickly. So they were a little hesitant about it at first. But then, you know, my coach talked them into it and they were like, you know, she's ready for it. So, you know, she should just give it a go. So, yeah, they were a little hesitant, but then they definitely got, they were like, okay about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Um, what has been kind of the community reaction? Because I've seen with a lot of, you know, of my South Asian friends, they were kind of putting stories up about your performances and it was just cool to see kind of everyone get behind you. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I've been, I've been getting like so much support from everyone in the Indian community and I've gotten so many, um, DMs on Instagram and they're all just so, so sweet and a lot of people have been sending like paragraphs to me and I was like, I was so surprised so because like the fact that they would take that time to like write to me, I was like, oh, okay. I was, I'm just so grateful for everyone and a lot of friends, as in my family friends, have been talking to me and calling me like, Oh, you did so great and we're so proud of you. So I've been getting so much support and I do already have like a couple like followers from back when I released my covers, um, and Emily Mayavi, but like I just got so many more like, um, Indian and South Indian, um, people that like, you know, follow me and support my music. So it's been really great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Has there been a particular comment or message that you received that has really stuck with you or stood out? Um, there's been so many, so I can't remember like all of them exactly, but there was one where it was about like a little girl and it was like, um, she inspired me so much because I was always insecure about like my skin color and culture and stuff. And, um, I want to be like her and I was like, Oh, Oh my God. And it was like, uh, there were so many messages like that, but this one like stood out to me, but yeah, that was, I was like so surprised to read that and I'm so grateful that. Like, I'm so happy that I could do that for someone else, yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah, and speaking of, have you always been very proud of your heritage and your culture? Um, Because, you know, I don't know, I feel like from doing this podcast and Sandin and I talking with a lot of people maybe – uh, you know, our age or older, like say the age or older, they like in, when they're younger, they they tend to be a little bit like unsure about whether they're proud of their culture. And then as they get into their twenties, that's when they become you know a bit more open to it and a bit more proud. But you're you know you're twelve and you're already so proud of it all. Have you always been that way? Definitely not. No, because um in primary school, like when I was um I'd say in year three and below, I was like not proud of it at all. I mean, um I'd get like biryani or anything, like I'd get some like Indian dishes and I'd bring it to school. But I'd never like I'd try to avoid eating it and like a lot of the time it would smell a certain way and then be like, Oh, what's that smell? And I'd be like, <laughs> Oh, I don't know and then I just like not eat it. Um, but yeah, that did happen a lot. I was never really proud and I like never wanted to be associated with it at all. But I think it's just because it, the like world is just becoming so much more inclusive now and um, I feel like so much more confident to like acknowledge my culture because people are way more like open about it and people are way more accepting. So, I mean, if that didn't happen, I'd still definitely be very like iffy about it. But yeah, yeah. that's why I'm like proud of it now. Yeah, and I think it takes people like you to showcase our heritage on platforms like The Voice uh, for people to be, you know, even more fascinated and even more interested to, you know, celebrate it in all of its richness. So, you know, it's amazing the work that you've been doing and what you're continuing oh, to do. You. Um, as kind of a way to wrap up the episode, we wanted to play a quick game with you if you're down. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So we're going to give you three chairs, which all turn around and you need to pick which one you're going to go with. Okay. Oh, okay. So in the first scenario, we've got three chairs. So you've got pizza, biryani, and sushi. Which chair do you go with? Sushi. Sushi. 100%. <laughs> That's a quick answer. I know. <laughs> okay. In the other scenario, there are three chairs. 
Each chair has a famous K-pop band. One's got BTS, the other's got Blackpink, and the other has EXO. Which chair do you pick to collab with? EXO. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> um, what about three chairs where in the first one, you get to be best friends with Tori Kelly. In the second, you get a studio session with Air Rahman. And in the third, you instantly become a pro in any instrument of your choice. Oh, um, uh, probably, oh, um, a studio session with Air Rahman, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'd go with that as well. Yeah. 100%. All right. Now, these will be a little bit different, but still rapid fire questions. So firstly, if your life was a musical, what song would be the title track? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, uh, okay. Paper Hearts. Just about a friend. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, what was the first concert you attended? The first concert I attended. I did ones where I was really young, but I honestly don't remember them at all. But the first one that I remember going to is the Michael Dubois concert. Beautiful. I'm excited for his Christmas music to start popping up over the next few months. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Um, if you could only sing one artist's songs for the rest of your life, who would you choose? Um, I'd choose Yeba. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to other kids if they wanted to start pursuing music as a passion? I'd say uh, have fun with it. Don't don't like get to the point where it becomes like a burden to you or it feels like a job. Like just have fun with it and practice, of course. Um, and find something that you're interested in that can help you like a company, I guess. So it could be maybe like an instrument or programming, something that will just help like in the slightest bit with your singing as well. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any advice for other people who are in lockdown right now? What are you doing to keep yourself occupied? Yeah, um, right now I'm just writing songs, honestly, and um, obviously go for walks. That's, like, I know it's like a very basic one, but it helps a lot. Um, and also play with your pets if you have some. That's what I'm doing at the moment, yeah. Nice, that's a good one. Well, Janaki, thank you so much for joining us today. Rami, I feel like we're going to look back 10 years from now and be like, we interviewed one of the biggest pop stars at the very start of her career. And we're going to have this as like a lifetime moment. But um, yeah, 100%. all the best with everything that you're doing. We can't wait to see what's in store for you. And we'll keep supporting you in every way that we can. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. As always, we would be so grateful if you could leave a review and rating on whichever platform you're listening on and make sure to check out Janaki's socials as well. They're all linked in the episode description. Join us next Monday for our usual fortnightly episode where we interview journalist Alicia Vrajlal, culture editor at Refinery29 and former editor of Huffington Post Australia. Catch you then.